Hi, welcome to Straight to Laserdisc. This is just Andy with a review of the latest addition into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Spider-Man No Way Home. Starring Tom Holland as Spider-Man and Peter Parker once again, the movie completes the MCU's Home Trilogy, helmed by John Watts. It takes place directly following the events of 2019's Far From Home, where Mysterio, played by Jake Gyllenhaal, revealed Spider-Man's identity to the whole world. In this movie, Peter and his friends, MJ and Ned, played by Zendaya and Jacob uh, Batalon, respectively, they deal with the repercussions to the point where Peter enlists Benedict Cumberbatch's Doctor Strange to wipe everyone's memory. However, the spell goes awry, opening rifts in the universe and space-time as characters from other Spider-Man iterations pour into the MCU. Okay, that's <laughs> that's without any major spoilers, I hope, and that's my uh, my pitch to be a TCM host. But <laughs> So before I get into spoilers, though, uh, my brief review is that I enjoyed the, my time watching the movie, but it is more than just... Uh, than just nostalgia. Uh, I mean, while nostalgia certainly improved my own viewing, I mean, I, I literally grew up with the Spider-Man films and comic books from early childhood, it does, I think, stand on its own emotionally. However, I do think this idea of multi-universe crossing was done more effectively, I think, uh, in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which came out several years ago, and it was a cartoon movie. Uh, but I wonder if that movie didn't exist, would this movie even be more novel or was Into the Spider-Verse maybe even a test run uh, to whet the appetite, so to speak, of a movie like this? But, you know, those are what-ifs, and oh well, I don't know. But uh, now I know I'm a little late in the review game with this movie, after the you know the whole world seemed to have seen it. It's made a bajillion dollars. So I don't know what I'll be adding to the discourse, but... You know, spoilers definitely from here on out. So if you don't want to hear any spoilers, uh, uh, you know, go check out one of my other reviews. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so where to begin? Um, so all the nuts and bolts of this movie work. I mean, uh, you know, the acting, filmmaking, action, um, so on and so forth. I mean, th the fact that all those things remotely work that's impressive in and of itself i mean this movie could have quickly gone off the tracks right away when doc ock played again by alfred molina enters the story uh on a freeway to fight the wrong quote-unquote peter parker or spider-man however the movie had i think had an end game an avengers end game and stayed and stayed the course focusing on peter parker's growth as the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. I mean, that is the emotional drive of the movie. Um, and it never loses sight of that. So, Molina... Uh, yeah, I guess going back to the characters that actually do pour into the, the MCU, MCU universe. Um, wait, that's redundant. But anyway, uh, Molina is joined by other villains from prior Spider-Man movies, including Jamie Foxx, who I think was definitely improved from... The Amazing Spider-Man 2, I think it was actually a worthy retcon. And, uh, you know, Willem Dafoe, who at moments is legitimately daunting and, and freakish. <laughs> I mean, he is... He, I think he brought his A-game. And that's what I think worked most for, at least for those returning. It didn't feel disingenuous. Um, uh, they were all there, it seemed, for a purpose, at least within the story. And they had a role to play. And they also served as a reflection of Peter's growth to, quote, 
fix everything, which is a which is something that he denies doing at first. He's like, I can't fix everything. It's not my responsibility. And but the only villain who or villains I should say who didn't really have too much to do, at least, um, I mean, besides serving as uh, that serving to that end of fixing everything was the lizard. I didn't really care for him in the first Amazing Spider-Man, and uh, and uh, the Sandman shows up again, played by Thomas Hayden Church. He's there. I mean, he adds a little, but it's not it's not much. Uh, or, or at least he he's not as effectively used as Electro, Doc Ock, or or the Green Goblin. But the same could be said about. Uh, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield were returning as both Peter Parker and Spider-Man. I mean, it was like seeing an old friend again with Maguire stepping back into the costume. But Garfield, for the mo- few moments he has to shine in the movie, I think he gives it his all. He actually has more of an emotional arc that carries over from his movies uh, into the Holland movies than, uh, than Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. But, however, both are utilized to give Tom Holland's uh, Spider-Man guidance, uh, uh, you know, uh, not only, I mean, just within the basic nuts and bolts of the plot, but also just spiritually. I mean, especially after the death of a major character who is Marissa Tomei's Aunt May. In this universe, she's actually the one that utters, with great power comes great responsibility, a line that hasn't been uttered yet in in the Tom Holland and uh, MCU movies. So, but she serves as the emotional and superheroic drive for Holland Spider-Man in this latest outing. I mean, she makes him realize that he could save the villains from themselves, something that the other Spider-Men couldn't do on their own. I mean, it is because of her, Holland pursues the right course of actively helping, not just simply returning the, un- the villains to their own universes, which, frankly, is where they would just die. I mean, he gives them a chance of new life. And uh, but this movie also has the underlying motif of consequences, uh, even when pursuing the quote unquote good. Um, and, and I mean, Peter does this initially by uh, wanting to help his, get his friends into college, but they, you know, all the universities reject uh, MJ and Ned because they know Spider Man. They think Spider Man actually murdered Mysterio at you know some places do that he's just too much to handle. Um, so they reject MJ and Ned from colleges and Peter's like, you know what? Uh, they're in this position because of me. I want people to forget that I'm Spider-Man. So that's why he goes to Benedict Cumberbatch and then, you know, the whole movie happens. But anyway, but in the end to fix everything, i.e. the multiverse from imploding, Holland's Parker has to sacrifice his friendships with MJ and Ned and everyone who knows him. Uh, I mean, and this is reminiscent of the comic books I read back in middle school called the Brand New Day series where Peter, uh, literally the same thing happens with Peter's identity is revealed. and uh, But in order to save Aunt May's life, he has to uh, give essentially give up his relationship with Mary Jane Watson to this, uh, I think it was like a devil or demon known as Mephisto in the comic books, some villain. Uh, But anyway, but what this act that he pursues actually does gives the movies a new 
way forward. I guess it just like completely refreshes. It kind of uh, ends the questions of like, where do we go from here within the Spider-Man universe, I guess? Because, you mean, he literally brags about, you know, fighting in space to the other, uh, you know, uh, McGuire and Garfield. And they're like, you went to space to find a- fight aliens? Who are the Avengers? <laughs> you know, all that. But um, so it, it kind of brings the whole Spider-Man universe back down to that neighborhood level. But it also, um, what I liked about this movie is that Marvel movies seem to, you know, if oh, it's something emotional. Uh, we can't let the audience go away sad. Um, I mean, despite the, you know, like an Infinity War um, movie, but, you know, that was going to be completely reversed in Endgame. So it was kind of like a shock and awe, but with no real place to go. No, you know, without any real consequences, like, oh, we'll never actually see these characters again. In this movie, it feels like, oh, I mean, they might completely throw out this whole brand new day uh, scenario of everyone's memory being wiped. But what I liked in at the end of the movie is that after MJ's memory had been wiped, Tom Holland visits her in a coffee shop she works in. And she doesn't know who he is, but Holland is there initially to, you know, convince MJ that like, hey, you know, I know you, uh, you know me, we went through all these adventures together, and yada, yada, yada. But he he does not pursue that because he sees the physical wounds still lingering on MJ and she only got those from her adventures with Spider-Man from knowing Spider-Man and so Holland changes his course of action of trying to remind her of their past love and recognizes basically not to force the issue maybe she'll truly be safe now he kind of it's sad actually a little bit sad you know in terms of like comic book movies it's like oh you know they they were young lovers and now he has to give her up to so that she is actually safe but i bet that won't last for long but anyway so is this the longest origin story in cinematic history uh maybe it feels that way uh and that could be debated in maybe a future episode of our podcast but for all the potential jumps in logic or plot holes or whatever retcons and whatever in the movie, what works is the emotional core of the movie and that it isn't totally reliant on nostalgia. I mean, that those elements help. They definitely helped me. Uh, but I, I, I think it was, yeah, it was just a fun ride. And I think I needed that, you know, with uh, it, during all this uh, COVID madness. But uh, so what did you think of the movie? Let me know uh, if you want to be on the podcast or have a suggested movie topic. Um, reach out at AFALXC on Twitter. And I uh, hope you listen to more of our episodes. Till next time, part time. Part time. <laughs>